Hello and welcome to night number seven of 31 Nights of Fright, year four, the Stephen King of horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night number seven takes us to a Stephen King written anthology movie. Here we go for night number seven. Starring Drew Barrymore and James Woods, this is the 1985 Louis Teague directed and Stephen King written Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye is an anthology film based on the works of Stephen King that were included in the Night Shift book. So we get some adaptations of some of the, I guess, more fun stories that were in that book. We get Quitters, Inc., which involves a very unusual approach to helping people kick their addictions. The thing that's focused on with this story is quitting smoking. That is followed up by The Ledge, which involves a man who is messing around with a very rich mobster's wife and is forced to walk around a building completely by only The Ledge that's many, many stories above. The last story deals with the general, who is the cat that has been starring in the more or less wraparound story throughout this entire thing. Every story is featuring this cat, who was named General. This story focuses on Drew Barrymore's character, and how she needs General the Cat's help to save her from a breath-stealing miniature troll. I know that last one sounds a little weird and goofy, but it's really not as bad as it sounds on paper or through audio. First off, this movie is a lot of fun. It's probably one of my favorite anthology films just because it's a blast to watch. All of the stories presented, surprisingly, are good ones. There's not really a weak one in the bunch. It is a little strange that they have the cat as the main link between all of them, not only that, it seems like the cat has a psychic link between Drew Barrymore's character. If I have a major complaint about the movie, it's because the psychic link aspect is just bizarre. But it fits the movie, strangely enough. This is also a movie that kind of revels in Stephen King, mostly because in the first few minutes, we get cameos from Christine and Cujo. In the story Quitters, Inc., we even get a reference to the 1983 David Cronenberg adaptation of The Dead Zone with James Woods exclaiming, Who writes this crap? So there's little fun joke things like that throughout the movie. The movie isn't really jokey in itself, but I think it's paced really well. None of the stories here outstay their welcome. Since Cat's Eye is an anthology film, I think it's fair to talk about each story individually as opposed to just trying to group it all together. So the first story, Quitters, Inc. It stars James Woods. It's about a man that cannot quit smoking. He goes to a place that guarantees that he'll be able to quit. He later finds out that if he doesn't comply and quit smoking, then he's going to wind up having his wife tortured or even raped. That's pretty extreme. It's a fun story specifically because this business, this place that guarantees results, has affiliates and agents all over watching this one specific person. The paranoia element is what makes this really fun. There's also a nice little hallucination sequence thrown in. It's very over the top, it's very cartoony. It is a fun way to show what one's addictions might be like for them. 
Of course, they wanted to keep it light, and it is only cigarettes, even though they claim cigarettes would be one of the worst things to quit. James Woods is actually really good in this segment. We even get a little bit of a creepy moment where there's a guy inside of his house trying to make sure that he does not sneak a cigarette. This business, we get the feeling that they're controlling people's lives, not just with smoking, but also with their weight. It seems like once you sign that contract, you're locked in for life. Another creepy idea. It doesn't mean that the story is necessarily scary. It's just really fun to watch and seems to have a little bit of a dark sense of humor going throughout. One thing that makes an appearance here as well as in the final story is the song I'll Be Watching You, which is, of course, a popular song by Sting and the Police. But we don't get that version here, so the one that's here, it works well enough. It's just a fun choice that goes with that dark sense of humor that's going throughout this movie. I would have to say this is a strong start to the film in general. The second story takes us to The Ledge. This is the story I said about earlier where a guy had to walk around the top of a high-rise building after a rich mobster finds out he was messing around with his wife. This story actually keeps the intensity going the entire way because a lot of things happen to the man in question walking along the ledge. It's not a simple task by any means, with the mobster guy hoping that he would fall to his death. It's a little bit of a more simple story compared to the first and the one that caps off the film, but that's okay. It keeps the intensity going the whole way. We're rooting for him to make it across the building. And when he finally does, it has a pretty nasty twist that we may have seen coming the whole way through. It's a moment where you think you may want to laugh at it because it is kind of on the ridiculous and mean-spirited side and may even catch you by surprise. This entire segment is almost carried entirely by Robert Hayes' performance. I think he did a great job here. Kenneth McMillan, who you may know from Salem's Lot, as well as playing Vladimir Arkonin in Dune, is really good as well. He plays a shady slimy villain extremely well and with how kooky and unhinged he is here it makes it fun for us to watch even though we're rooting for our hero he is a blast to watch the third and final segment focuses on that troll by now our cat has finally gone on its entire journey and made it to where he was supposed to be he made it to the girl that was psychically asking him for help general the cat shows up and winds up saving the day. This would also be the story that probably everybody remembers from Cat's Eye. It was heavily marketed with the little troll guy on the cover, I remember that, when I rented this one from A to Z Video in Reading, Pennsylvania. This little troll guy moves throughout the house by going and magically creating and making it disappear with a hole in the wall. It appears that he steals a person's soul or essence through their breath, which really, in some ways, it reminded me of Dr. Sleep with the concept there of stealing somebody's soul and their essence. Of course, this predates Dr. Sleep by quite a bit, but it's a similar idea and concept. This third and final story does make it a lot of fun for us to see the little troll guy running around and how the, the cat who is named General in the story 
how he saves the day. I think the special effects work here is really well done too. It's obviously a guy in a suit, but it looks believable at the same time. The voice of the troll is played by longtime voice actor Frank Welker. His appearance in making the little noises is a lot of fun. He almost sounds like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. With this one being a little bit of the most out there and goofy of all the stories, with the other two being pretty well grounded, it handled it well enough that we went through this journey with watching the other two that this was just a fun payoff, and that's what makes the movie itself a lot of fun. It may not be as well known as the other Stephen King written anthology film, Creepshow, but it definitely deserves to be viewed and looked on fondly because it is a blast to watch. It's also surprising that this is a Stephen King written film and it's not really all that gory or violent or anything. I guess they had that going in mind when they were doing it. The movie itself isn't very scary, it is PG-13, but it all works to be a solid film. So if you haven't checked out this one yet, I think you probably should because I don't think you'll be disappointed. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at AdamAnalyzes.com because this, of course, is a part of the bigger thing, which is my regular podcast, Adam Analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing and want to reach out to me, you can do so at AdamAnalyzesPodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying 31 Nights of Frights or Adam Analyzes, why not tell a friend about it? I'm sure that they would love to hear it as well. If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night. I'll see you here tomorrow for night number eight.